Welcome to a Verb Moto broadcast. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and this episode is brought to you by Rev3D. They're bringing 3D technology to the sport of motocross. Whether it's motocross, supercross, GNCC, or anything else, when you get dirty, they have some technology to make amazing parts for your bike or your UTV. They're also veteran-owned and operated. You can go to Rev3D.com. That's R-E-V-3D.com. Go check them out. Like I said, I'm your host, Brad Gebhardt. With me on the line, we've got the big boss with the hot sauce, everything PR over at Super Motocross. And we're talking playoffs. Welcome to the show, Sean Brennan. Brad, thank you, buddy. Holy cow, we are. We're talking playoffs. Playoffs? What? Playoffs? Playoffs. Hey, that that soundbite has got to be almost 25 years old. Jim Mora back in the day talking about the uh, Baltimore Colts not even making playoffs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was a that was a long shot then, but it's a certainty now because we are going to the playoffs. It's happening one week from essentially tomorrow. Uh, the bikes are going to rev up, and uh, I'm really excited about it. This is unprecedented. We've never seen this in the sport whatsoever. Um, it's motocross, it's supercross coming together um, to basically, honestly, almost like a once and for all deciding who's got like, who's got the juice. You know what I mean? As far as like, you have guys who are supercross specialists, you have guys who are motocross specialists. Well, there ain't no hiding now. It's everybody all in the same ring and we find out what's going on. No, you're hundred percent correct. And you know, the thing that uh, from an industry standpoint with all of us, but more importantly, you know, the fans that we are sitting on the brink of history right here. This yeah. is the inaugural postseason of our sport. And it's absolutely incredible. We've never had this before. I love your reference to Jim Mora. I still, I hear his voice in my head. And, you know, he was talking about, you know, obviously his team not making the playoffs. We don't even want to talk about it. Uh, but for us, this is all positive. This is the first time we are here. Uh, you know, our sport has always been two disciplines. We have indoor, we have outdoors. And I think that with everything that we have done in merging the two disciplines uh, to get here, uh, it is really recognizing that special the specialty of it, you know, that it really is two different disciplines, but we are all in the same sport. We share all of the same athletes. We share all of the same teams. And, you know, from an outside perspective, that was always very confusing uh, to mainstream sport fans, uh, even to some four wheel racing uh, folks. Uh, but, you know, from a media rights standpoint as well, uh, and not, that we need to go, you know, we've, it's been well documented as to why we are on Peacock and NBC and part of that, you know, proud, proud family. But, you know, it has always been very confusing. We would wrap up Supercross and there's our champion. And then, you know, three weeks later, oh, wait, isn't, isn't Chase Sexton still racing? Didn't he just wrap up his season? So this really does give, you know, uh, a little more clarity on on what we're doing and having a 31 event season that has a Supercross indoor stadium portion and then an outdoor pro motocross outdoor portion and a postseason and a Super Bowl, if you will. 
hundred percent. It's, it's uh, like what we've had for so long is totally uh, would be somewhat confusing, especially like I've tried to explain it to uh, like my girlfriend and stuff like that. Or they like, basically like this is super cross and then they have outdoors and it's basically, they re-rack it at the very beginning and they start from scratch. It's essentially two seasons in one season. It's not like say like the NHL where they play on the ice all winter and then in the summer they do roller hockey all summer. Like, that right. be, you know what I mean? It would be the very two very, right. very dis- disciplines. But what I love about super motocross and the playoffs is, is that you have athletes that maybe they're from Europe, like uh, like a, a Jose Boutron or, or someone along those lines, uh, Harry Coolis, who maybe they're not super cross athletes per se, or that's maybe not their absolute forte, but they can go out and get the points necessary to be in the playoffs by attending some outdoor national rounds. And what this really does create is a world championship where all athletes from all over the world can start to participate. We've had more international athletes in this, this calendar year compete than ever before. Um, It it adds the international flavor. It adds culture to these events, whether you're in the stadiums or at the outdoor nationals. Um, It's a really exciting thing. And yeah, it's, it's like, and the tracks themselves, what I love about the tracks is they're going to be so open. And that's going to yes. allow guys to, to make up time. And there's going to be close. There's not going to be huge things that separate guys. Like some guys are, aren't the best in the whoops, Michael Leslie. Uh, and uh, they're, they're not going to be like sort of places where you can like make up time. That's that sort of way. Right. So I think we get some really tight racing that way and some really neat features. And honestly, it's just something different. Like you and I, we've seen tons of these supercross races. We've seen outdoor motocross races. This is something new and it's all going to come. It's happening next weekend in North Carolina. It, it is. It is all very new. And it's interesting, the conversations when you talk to the teams and you talk to the athletes right now. Uh, those are the questions. Uh, you know, do we do we go tighter suspension? Uh, you know, what is our setup? Is it more supercross? Is it going to be more pro motocross? Do we go softer? And that was our hope. That was our hope when we put this together uh, that it would test the teams and test the at the athletes like no other time in our sports history. And it is doing that. Uh, so it is going to be neat. You've seen these track designs. They're already online. Uh, and I think that, you know, Chicagoland Speedway and ZMAX Dragway, you know, these footprints uh, are incredible. Uh, so, you know, these tracks are going to be, you know, not only long, but they're going to be wide. They're going to be uh, allow us to create elevation with existing, you know, elements of those facilities. Uh, but it is, it's going to be so different. And some of the things that we're doing for the fans are going to be completely different as well. Our entire intention with this whole thing was to really meld both disciplines. Uh, so even at the first two rounds, um, Charlotte and Chicago, both of those are going to have camping. Nice. When have we ever done that at Supercross? Can't, uh, can't camp out at uh, Anaheim Stadium. Right, right. Some people do. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> you know, uh, that but, was uh, different. You know, for, yeah, that yeah. Was... That's, that's a little different. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, you know, there's infield uh, VIP type, uh, you know, type. Uh, you know, camping facilities, uh, and then, you know, different alternates, uh, but even being able to line the track, like, you know, people love to do in an outdoor pro motocross is really yeah. pick out your favorite spot 
along the fence. And we're going to be able to do that. Uh, the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, you know, that one is a little bit different uh, because it, it is a coliseum. Yeah. Uh, so we're not able to do camping in, you know, in downtown L.A., um, Nor would you want to, the, I don't think. But that's yeah, fine. and then the track build, you know, is going to be, you know, a little bit different uh, from the first two as well. Uh, but we had to go back to Los Angeles. Where it all started. Uh, as you know, and everybody watching this knows, this is where the sport was born. This is where motocross became supercross. So what a great location to, you know, uh, honor our heritage uh and have our first inaugural uh super bowl super bowl of super motocross right there at la uh is going to be incredible uh but another thing you know we wanted to really make this as accessible to as many fans as possible so from a strategic level you know being on the east coast in uh in charlotte and then in the middle of Central. the country in Chicago, and then being on the West Coast in Los Angeles, that was all by design to ensure that fans uh, within a couple of states from each one of those, um, you know, areas would have easy access to at least be at each one of them and take in those playoffs or the world championship. That is super cool. And actually, it's funny that like, uh, essentially, like this, the the NFL is over a hundred years old, but we're, we're only a couple, couple like 50 and a few. I think it's, we're, we're less than 60 full, full super, uh, super Bowls. The Super Bowl was the AFL and the NFL coming together to figure out who's, who's got the juice. Yep. This going back to this and the original, like the first super cross, if you want to call it that at LA Coliseum was the Super Bowl of motocross. That's what they called it. That was the original name for it. And then it got to sort of, condensed down to supercross so it, what i love about this is that you're basically taking motocross taking supercross as if they were the afl and the nfl colliding them together into one culminating event uh that's going to uh to happen and like, it's going to be four weeks from now um as you can tell i'm champing at the bit man this is going to be so much fun i, I want to <laughs> see these guys battle it out and what what i kind of love about this also is that Similar to like when you when you first started working with Feld, they still had the the Monster Energy Cup, and there was this one event where like say like nationals didn't go great for you, but you could sort of finish off your year with one one amazing event. Uh, sometimes you get you'd see guys on new rides, or you'd see the the new color scheme that the company that those teams are going to go with next year. That was always exciting. Um, but these three rounds. For, for guys like Justin Barsha, for guys like uh, Jason Anderson, who may have left the Outdoor Nationals saying, I left a little on the table or I wish I had, would have had yeah. a better opportunity. This is their opportunity to sort of like reset, re-rack and go after something special because with all the points that are on the line, they're not eliminated at this point. No, and you hit the nail on the head. And I know that you're a big sports, uh, sports guy, uh, hockey uh, but it. even football, you're talking a lot of football and anytime, anytime an athlete goes down, you know, whether it's preseason or regular season, uh, one, it's, it's tragic and it's tragedy for sure. But from a fan perspective, all everybody, you know, in that stadium or watching on TV is like, wow, are they going to be back for the playoffs? <laughs> are they going to be back for the playoffs? And we've never had that before in our sport. Uh, so to your point, 
you know, Jason Anderson, you know, uh, and Justin Barsha, both in Nashville, um, you know, the likelihood of them coming back and fighting, you know, throughout the outdoors, uh, I, I can't say for sure if they would or wouldn't have. Uh, but, you know, history shows that, you know, more than likely they might have sat out and, you know, just reset and let's wait until January 2024. But to your point, time, yeah. my goodness, there is a lot on the line. There is a another title. There is another championship. Uh, and there is obviously a lot of financial incentives uh, to to come back. But again, yeah, the way that we have seen Jason Anderson and Justin Barsha in particular, uh, these last cu couple rounds of the outdoors, my goodness. Yes, they, they, they still have stuff in the tank and they're still uh, have something to prove. So I think that you know, the Super Motocross World Championship is doing exactly what we were hoping that it would. Uh, and it is going to be neat. It is going to be, uh, you know, first time for this. And, but, you know, going back to your initial 72, 73, and 74 uh, were the three years of the uh, Super Bowl of Motocross. And to your point, I think the very first, uh super bowl was actually played in 1965 if i'm not mistaken yeah that sound right that sounds so from right. a marketing standpoint the term super bowl which obviously equates to and alludes to the biggest the best uh you know in the world was really less than 10 years old from a marketing standpoint yeah and rather you know, the original promoter that came up with that like let, let's use this was absolute genius uh and you know the way that you have already identified it um you know that is where supercross was born uh and then in 1974 was the first year of pro motocross uh as as well for uh sanctioning from from the ama so both of those collectively go right back to the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum and at that point what was termed the Super Bowl of motocross yeah, and it was uh, it was Jimmy Ellis on a Can Am uh, taking the checkered flag at that event. A lot has changed since uh, we're getting, but at the same point, we're getting new manufacturers rolling in next year. You're going to have Beta as well uh, as uh, as Triumph, I believe, is going to be rolling out a team, and then not surely thereafter, Ducati's going to have a team. Um, I know we're we're talking mostly uh, playoffs right now, but just a quick, uh, almost like a, a quick note on new manufacturers seeing what's going on in this sport but and all of all of which manufacturers who've been making motorcycles for a long time saying we want to be part of that i think that speaks volumes about the sport and how like there clearly is to be money to be made there because people don't go into business to not make money no they don't and you know triumph is a great example of that uh of course with you know them being an international uh, entity and you know all eyes on what we are doing over here and wanting to be a part of that and again you know back to 31 events you know that is a consistent season a consistent platform that a manufacturer can get behind and build towards budget towards and realize uh, that everything from a live event standpoint Everything from a fan engagement standpoint with things that we do in FanFest, 
uh, but then most importantly, uh, or as importantly, is the media rights, that it is something that we are building that is consistent, it is live, we have both linear television and we have uh, obviously streaming uh, on Peacock. Streaming is the way of the future. Um, you know, I love uh, the term Rick Cordella, who is president of Peacock, uh, really keyed it. But the stickiness of our fan, the stickiness of our consumer, what we mean by that is that when they sit down to watch the racing, they stay. Yeah. There's a lot of other sports that may tune in at the beginning, uh, but depending on how their team does or is doing, yeah, then they fade on? off and go do something else. And or... You know, they just tune in for the last 15 minutes, if you will, to see, sure. you know, the final score. The but yep. we have a very young uh, demographic, a very young fan, a very sticky fan, which I think is a very neat term. Um, and that, you know, that is what really attracted, you know, Triumph uh, and Beta. And then some of these, you know, that's what obviously keeps all of our uh, manufacturers that are so invested right now in this with us, but obviously the attraction, you know, with beta and with uh, triumph and, you know, others in the future, uh, man, to think in 2025, we could have seven manufacturers racing super motocross world championship is really incredible. Absolutely. It is. And, and like to stay on the, the playoff side of things and this basically this, culminating 31 now event season is from a, from a business standpoint or a marketing standpoint, and you understand this. And I think maybe I can explain this a little bit for, for those who might not be like, that's not their bread and butter is when it comes to like uh, setting up a race team or selling a, a, a streaming service, uh, 17 events versus 20, uh, 31 events. When you cut, when you talk about amortizing things over a certain amount of time, when yep. you're when that spread is that like like have a, a concert tour of two events or 30 events completely yes. different uh as far as like spreading out the costs of things like every year say yes. for yamaha they're gonna have to buy a new awning well if i can get 31 events out of that awning rather than uh 10 events for that awning or say like there's teams that specifically do just west coast supercross like in previous they'd be be doing nine events well, now they're going to do 12 events, which is an increase yep. of 25% when it comes to, so when you're talking to your, your potential sponsors, Hey, we're not going to nine events anymore. We're going like, if we bring you on for next year, we can give you 25% more bang for your buck. Can we make this deal? And, and that yep. can be the bargaining chip that people need. Um, and then also just like um, I'm a big proponent of out of sight, out of mind. If, if you go away for a certain amount of time, people find other things to do. People will find their time. They'll, they'll busy themselves. They'll spend money elsewhere. Um, 31 events to me keeps motocross and supercross top of mind throughout the entire calendar. And it also helps out guys like me who want to make content because yeah, I can, I like that's, that's 31 race reviews rather than 28 or something along those lines. That's just more content, yes. more video. And, and like I said, keeping more things top of mind. So uh, on a business side, things it, it helps things out. Uh, I hope that every single Canadian who's listening to this, or if you're international, you're watching on the video pass. I tune in every single race. Uh, I, I watch it in archive. It's always up within an hour or two of uh, the completion of the event. And of course, on Peacock as well, people are tuning in, people are enjoying. And uh, as a guy who grew up 
uh, having no live television, or it could be like Daytona Supercross. That was it all year. Yeah. Uh, or you could do pay-per-view for the final finale in Vegas. Uh, I'd be listening to Jason Wagant doing the, the, like the, the webcast, just audio. I, that, yeah. Yeah. Right now that feels like I was like tuning in a ham radio or something along those lines back right. in the right. 20s or 30s. But yeah, no, it's, uh, we're, we're in an amazing age right now and it's really exciting. No, it really is. And, you know, it's 12 months of storytelling, exactly what you said, as opposed to Supercross being four and a half months of storytelling, and then a little bit of a breather, and then three and a half months of storytelling, yeah. and then we go dark for, you know, another four months of the year. Um, again, the 31 events, that's 10 months out of the year. And if you look at what happens right after we wrap up in uh, September, it it is signing day. It is free yeah. agency oh, that's, time. That's our free agency so time. Yeah. October first, you know, and really the month of October is when is the free agency signing period, if you yeah. will. And you know, obviously there are some bigger athletes and uh, things that you know people already know, but the formal announcements always come in October. Yep. And so once those new teams are aligned, once the athletes are have their new colors and their new uniforms, then you've got November and December where it is all about Anaheim and what is happening. And every other sport on earth operates that same way. Um, you know, you know, football, the draft, the draft happens in April. That is now one of the most viewed uh, media opportunities in that sport. Uh, you can certainly speak to the NHL. They're doing the same thing. Baseball right. doing the same thing. Anytime that you can keep your sport and our teams and our athletes in that calendar year and having people talk about you uh, and the sport, that is the ultimate goal of all of this. Uh, so having a consistent platform 12 months out of the year uh, is is just, you know, for the first time, again, uh, in our 50-year history that we have had that. And we can have that not only with our, you know, core fan base, but as we attract new fans to our sport, some of these things and the way that other sports are operated and viewed, they understand so now we just yeah. need to get them into the pipeline and teach them the inner, you know, the inner workings of things. Um, you know, I don't know everything about hockey. I'm sure I don't know anything like you know about hockey, but boy, what a great sport. And as soon as you watch it and you get, you know, the first thing you realize, wow, the skill level, right? Uh, I know I'm going to be on my butt going out on a pair of skates <laughs> and seeing the way that these guys yeah. And, you know, manipulate that ice and each other is incredible. And that's the same with our sport. Uh, the first thing you realize are these athletes, incredible. And then you learn a little bit more about 250 motorcycles, 450 motorcycles, how things are uh, organized on the back end. Um, but not everybody that even watches football understands everything that oh, you no. know is on the back end. But if we can get them in the funnel, if you will, uh, and you know, give them an exciting platform, a consistent platform, uh, and great racing, then the other things will come. 
Absolutely. This sport is extremely easy to fall in love with. Uh, I'm proof of it. And uh, having something that is spread out over the entire year. And then, like you said, you roll straight into free agency. Uh, that's what sells tires, change, plastics, dirt bikes, you name it. That's what also sells monster energy drinks. Uh, when, when you, when someone sees the claw 11 months out of the year, yeah, they might pick one up when they go to the, uh, the, the local uh, CBS or something along those lines. Yep. And uh, I don't know want to alarm you, Sean, but you are about, I don't know, 14 to 16 weeks away from uh, your first time traveling to Anaheim stadium for the year where they're going to do all the media stuff. So just like uh, just in case you were wondering about how long ago that is from now yeah usually like are we it, counting down already yeah I, we're counting down already man <laughs> I, it's usually the sec it's usually the second week in in december is it not it's right yep. after thanksgiving yeah sure is yeah yeah so no i think that, that like that's coming right around the corner man you you put away the the halloween decorations and then it's uh it's time to rev things back up but this yep. is so much fun, Sean. I really appreciate you uh, making some time. Uh, like racers from all over the world have been clamoring to be able to even qualify for these playoffs. That's an exciting tidbit as well. Um, but yeah, uh, if you're not already subscribed to Peacock, do so. If you don't already have the the video pass, absolutely do so. It's got it's a, there's a ton of great info on there, and you can also watch some old content as well, which is of course you know. I love watching old stuff on top of that. So yep. this was lots of fun. I appreciate you making the time for Vermoto. Brad, thank you for having me. Uh, and again, at this important juncture, uh, it's always fun catching up with you for sure. Congratulations uh, for your new gig there. Yep. Sporting thank the Vermoto. Uh, doing a lot of great things over there. You've got a lot of talented people that you're thank working you. with. Uh, so congratulations to you. Uh, and you know, again, this is everything that, um, you know, we really hope that it would be for year one. Obviously, <clears throat> the more you do things, uh, we're going to learn a ton. We're already learning a ton uh, about, you know, SMX and things that, you know, we need to improve. You know, even for next year, we're already, you know, thinking through stuff. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a big ship. Uh, you know, we have a new road book. Uh, it's a melding of the AMA and AMA Pro Racing, mm -hmm. uh, Feld Entertainment, MX Sports Pro Racing. Uh, it's not a little canoe. Uh, so I think that the, you know, the fans and industry uh, who have been all paying attention, uh, we've been very transparent in everything that we have been doing. Um, and we're going to continue to improve because this is the future uh, and I think that we're on the brink of something very, very special. Uh, and, you know, you alluded to it. There's some great storylines. I mean, obviously what the Lawrence brothers are doing, Joe Shimoda, uh, did not have the Supercross season that he wanted for sure, but wow, what a strong ending that he had yeah. had in pro motocross and now where he's sitting in the SMX points. Uh, if you talk to Chase Sexton, I'm sure he's, you know, disappointed with, you know, his pro motocross outdoor season, but he is a supercross champion. Combined. It is about both disciplines now. Yeah. And he is sitting at the top of the leaderboard because of consistency. Yeah. And that is something that's going to take time for, you know, athletes and fans all watching this, but it really does the point structure rewards doing well in both disciplines 
And if something happens in one or the other, you know, you at least hopefully have had the opportunity to bank enough points that once you're in that top 20, you're locked in. Yeah. Uh, look at uh, Ty Masterpool and Grant Harlan. Incredible. Uh, so a lot of opportunity. And I think that we had 66 countries represented wow. uh, with athletes this year. Uh, so, you know, that really tells, you know, me and us that, you know, international athletes are paying attention. And this is an incredible opportunity to for them to come over here and do something special as well. Uh, so we've had athletes race uh, from 66 different countries. And then our super video or super motocross video pass that we have subscribers in over 133 different countries. So again, that consistency and, you know, accessible. Uh, there isn't a country uh, or a territory that you cannot view and be a part of our sport uh, internationally via the Super Motocross Video Pass and then here domestically with our partners uh, with NBC Sports and Peacock. So again, this is just the beginning, uh, but I think we're really seeing uh, a lot of strong things that we had hoped uh, when we put this all together for sure. Certainly. 122 in just the 450 class scored points. Uh, and that doesn't include the dozens and dozens of others who uh, tested their medal and didn't get any uh, any points for their troubles. But uh, yep. yeah, it's, it's exciting. And uh, it all unfolds in one week's time. Uh, I hope people who, who listen to this, they all ch also check out the, the press conference that's dropping next Tuesday. Yes. So we will have all of our broadcasters on a very special uh, press conference uh, on Tuesday, September 5th, and they'll uh, our A team. So, Ricky Carmichael, James Stewart, uh, I've heard of them, yeah. Jason Wigand, uh, Jason Thomas, and Will Christian will all be previewing uh, what fans can expect. Uh, and we'll also be releasing uh, the final athlete lineup for both classes. So, depending on when this drops, that news may already be out there, uh, but if it's beforehand, uh, everybody will know Tuesday afternoon, Eastern time, uh, everybody that will be lining up in the Super Motocross World Championship playoffs uh, and the final in Los Angeles. We'll keep our eyes out for it. Thank you, Sean, for uh, making the time for this podcast. This is a lot of fun, and uh, we'll, we'll have to chat again some another time. Sounds good. Brad, thank you again for having me. Anytime, big guy.